Hello and welcome back to Ethically Sourced, a supplement to the Black Doctors podcast. I'm Dr. Stephen Bradley, I'm an anesthesiologist and clinical medical ethicist. The purpose of these episodes, again, is to affect the way we think about patient care and improve the care that we provide to our patients, both from a, a health equity perspective as well as a medical ethics perspective. This week, we're going to talk about professionalism. This is a word that gets tossed around frequently, and in the course of this episode, I want to further define what professionalism is and how it changes based upon the environment we're in. I'll also look at how this word has been weaponized over the years and essentially has become codified discrimination for many cases. It comes from the picture that we conjure up in our minds of a doctor or a physician. Typically for most people, because of the things we've been exposed to, you're going to picture a middle-aged Caucasian male wearing a white coat, very clean cut, quote unquote, professional. And the reason it is that way is because for so long, that was the bulk of our physician uh, population. That's how they looked. There weren't a lot of uh, female physicians or women in medicine until the last, you know, 50, 80 years or so. And there's always been a lacking in the diversity of the field. So it's not surprising that we've made professionalism synonymous with this European-centric standard of dress. If we take a step back, though, and look, because there's the unspoken ideal or concept of professionalism, and then there's the written-down policy when it comes to professionalism. So looking at the ACGME, Accreditation Council for Graduate Medical Education, they actually talk about professionalism a lot because it's one of the six core competencies that they are observing in resident education. Residents are tracked on these milestones throughout uh, residency programs. And it is a competency that they could fail and have to have some remediation. Professionalism is demonstrated through a foundation of clinical competence, communication skills, and ethical understanding upon which is built the aspiration to the wise application of the principles of professionalism, excellence, humanism, accountability, and altruism. And this is from the book titled Measuring Medical Professionalism. Nowhere in that definition did it mention standards of dress or sexual preference or tattoos or or external appearance. The American Board of Internal Medicine had a working group back in 2002 kind of evaluate this concept of professionalism, and they listed three core principles related to professionalism. The primacy of patient welfare, right? So put patients first, the consideration of patient autonomy, and social justice. They listed 10 other responsibilities uh, for professionals, for medical professionals, and it includes commitments to professional competence, being honest with your patients, patient confidentiality is huge, maintaining appropriate relationships with patients, improving quality care, improving access to care, just distribution of finite resources, maintaining trust by managing conflicts of interest and professional responsibilities. So some of these concepts are a bit vague, but again, they're not focused on the external appearance. Over the years, this concept of professionalism has been weaponized by those in positions of power and in positions of authority. 
It seems so often that when a trainee or resident or medical student does something that their instructor or attending physician disproves of, they can be labeled unprofessional and that can coax them into abiding by the individual's personal preference or their concept of what professionalism actually looks like. Again, professionalism is a necessity in healthcare and it sets this important precedent of excellence and respect towards our peers and towards our patients. Medical schools, residencies, they're all focused aspects of the curriculum on professionalism. However, there are varied definitions of professionalism across each institution, across each hospital setting. This space to actually weaponize this concept of professionalism leaves room for these quote-unquote professionals to reject certain approaches to healthcare or the appearance of certain aspiring healthcare professionals. This concept was devised by and upheld by the traditions of medicine, those traditionally white, powerful men in white coats. That's what the medical uh, profession was composed of mostly and still is, to be honest. And these are not the people that would advocate for diversity of appearance, whether that's students or residents wearing hijabs or locks or different mannerisms that aren't, again, Eurocentric. That's why it is so important that we continue to work to diversify the field of medicine because as we change the people that are in charge, all of a sudden we can start to change those ideals and those concepts of what is professional and what is accepted. We have to be forward thinking in order to provide and to continue providing the best possible healthcare for patients of all all backgrounds and all types. We have these vague concepts like professionalism that are still in our vocabulary. There's still something that students are trying to live up to. And it's setting up this system where there can be bullying, prejudice, and self-entitlement. It lays the ground for discrimination. In order for the field of medicine to move forward, we need to provide a more standardized definition of professionalism, much like the ACGME has documented in their milestones by which residents are evaluated. We either need to standardize this or have this concept have a lot less weight in how people are evaluated. Back uh, almost a year ago, there was the med bikini hashtag that was trending on Twitter because there was a journal article in the vascular surgical literature about how many junior surgeons post unprofessional content on social media. And this paper actually broke things down and defined unprofessionalism, right? This is their definition. They regarded it as holding or consuming alcohol, inappropriate attire, censored profanity, controversial political or religious comments, controversial social topics. They listed, you know, things like wearing bikinis or swimwear, portraying your stance on abortion or gun control or same-sex marriage as inappropriate or unprofessional in their study. And we know the outcome and ramifications. Everybody posted their pictures in bikinis and holding alcohol and all that. And it, the article was, I think, eventually recalled. All of this kind of reflects the larger issue of medicine that, you know, some people thought that that was a good idea to do this research, if you will, and actually publish this in a journal. And nobody, you know, that article was reviewed and was still published. And that speaks to the mindset and the culture that we still have in medicine that is one of oppression, that is paternalistic, and that is Eurocentric. 
So often this concept of professionalism is actually just used to censor individuals' beliefs. As we start to have physicians from different backgrounds, we can help understand and treat the different patients that we see better. We need to do more research and see what do patients look for in their physicians? What bothers patients? What do they consider professional or unprofessional? How do they want their healthcare workforce to, to look? To get into the weeds, all right, these are the conversations that are always coming up. Is it professional for men to wear earrings or to have visible tattoos? Or how long should a skirt be? Or how high can high heels be? Are locks or dreadlocks a professional um, hairstyle? What about multicolored hair? And all these discussions about the external appearance and dress, obviously if a tattoo is offensive or perverse, that's a separate issue. But, you know, as healthcare providers, we do have that sense of self-determination and our own individual nature and personalities that we should be able to express in an appropriate fashion. It's a concept, especially in Black or African-American circles, when students are applying to medical school or applying to residency, you'll see the Black male students get short haircuts, um, fades or Caesars, what have you, because there is a valid concern that if they interview with an afro or with locks or with braids that they're going to be deemed unprofessional by that one person on an admissions committee that holds a fair amount of power. And as a minority student, you have to take these things into consideration, unfortunately. Are you taking your picture with the hijab when you're applying through ERAS or are you are you not doing so? So that won't be possibly counted against you. These are all things that are under that unspoken rule of what professionalism may or may not be. Even folks have, folks have even had faculty members from historically black colleges and universities that counseled them to cut their hair or to shave their beard or to take their earring out because that might inhibit or, or hinder their chance of matching at their dream program. And there's two schools of thought when it comes to that. And I think it really is an individual choice Number one, you know, to thine own self be true and apply the way, you know, you choose to express yourself. And if a program chooses to discriminate against your external appearance, then that's probably not a program that was a good fit for you anyways. That's one way to think about it. Other people, you know, conform to that Eurocentric style of dress or the commonly accepted, if you will, concept of professionalism just to get their foot in the door. And then, you know, you can live your life how you want to. Professionalism is just not a well-defined term. Again, it, it is typically a tool used for legalized discrimination. And, and I'd like to contrast that with other organizations because there's a difference between the unspoken professionalism that we see in residency programs and then institutional guidelines and practices. Like according to the Joint Commission, I think um, colored, or I think um, nail polish in the operating room is frowned upon I, I could be wrong. I think I remember reading that. I know different institutions and hospitals will have policies about what dress code is and what clinicians can wear and if tattoos need to be covered. And when you do have an official policy, that policy is available to employees that you can review before you decide to work at this program. 
if there's a problem or if these policies are discriminatory, then there are channels that we can change these policies. I'll throw in the militaries. The military is a very stringent dress code and grooming standards, is what they call it, which again, you can look up before you decide to join the military. And I have it pulled up and looking at it now. And it's funny because I honestly wouldn't have believed a lot of the stuff that's in here. Um, in this grooming standards for personal appearance, they have headings like hair, shaving of mustaches, cosmetics, fingernails, jewelry, tattoos, mutilation, I don't know what that means, dental ornamentation, and they break down what their grooming standards are. And I'll just read a couple of examples. They will start off by saying it is impossible to provide examples of every acceptable or unacceptable hairstyle or conservative grooming and personal appearance. The good judgment of leaders at all levels is key to enforce enforcement of Navy grooming policy. So uh, therefore, hair grooming, personal appearance while in uniform shall present a neat professional military appearance. So they've already started off with a caveat that your leadership, those in positions of a power over you have the subjective ability to kind of dictate what they consider to be professional or unprofessional. It breaks stuff down. So for men, you know, keep hair neat and well-groomed. Hair above the ears and around the neck shall be tapered from a lower natural hairline upwards at least three quarters of an inch and outward not greater than three quarters of an inch to blend with hairstyle. Hair in the back of the neck must not touch the collar. This is the, the detail that they go into in terms of military grooming standards. They talk about women. I think one of the big things in the last two years is that the Navy and the Army have allowed women, black women especially, to wear locks as an acceptable hairstyle. That was a recent addition. So before that, they weren't allowed to wear locks. Now granted, most people in positions of authority in the military did, would not know the difference between you know locks or micro braids between locks and, and braids. So a lot of people were kind of skirting those rules to begin with. Um, but they do break this down. For a woman, lock hairstyle for the purpose of Navy uniform regulations, grooming standards consist of one section of hair that twists from or near the root to the end of the hair and creates a uniform ringlet or cord-like appearance. Locks may be worn in short, medium, and long hair lengths in the following manner. They break that down. So this is the detail that they they go into in terms of the grooming standards. Men have to shave. I'm actually supposed to measure my mustache. The length of an individual mustache, uh, hair fully extended, shall not exceed approximately half an inch. Handlebar mustaches, goatees, beards, or chin hair are not permitted. So we have um, dress standards in the military, but again, as the culture shifts, as more people of color and from different backgrounds reach these positions of power and authority where they can affect these grooming standards, they're able to affect change and allow other styles of dress that are perfectly appropriate. And so as you have people that are able to affect change to to help everyone and more diverse personnel, you know, you're able to break down that hierarchical, stereotypical nature that professionalism is and that position that professionalism holds. I hope that as we become more progressive, become more open-minded, 
that we can continue to break down this definition of professionalism. We can either do away with it with regards to dress in most aspects, or we can actually define what the field of medicine considers to be professional and what it considers to be unprofessional. And if we codify professionalism, then we'll be able to address each aspect in a way, whether it's voting through the American Medical Association or current directors in the ACGME, we can look at these policies. And once it's written down on paper, you can say, hey, that is discriminatory and we can get it changed. Until then, this concept of professionalism will continue to live in the minds of those people in power and it'll continue to be enforced at their whim, usually to subjugate minorities and those that are underrepresented in the field. So what are your thoughts about professionalism? What do you want your physician or healthcare provider to wear when they're uh, providing patient care to you or your family or loved ones? What do you think uh, going forward that we should do in terms of making guidelines for what is and is not professionalism? Love to hear your feedback. Please uh, leave a, a message either on our Instagram page at the Black Doctors Podcast, or you can leave a comment on the podcast on Apple iTunes. Love to hear from you. Leave us a rating. Thanks for listening. Tune in Monday. We're getting close to wrapping up season three of the Black Doctors podcast. We're going to hit our one-year anniversary of being in existence. We're going to be running a promotion or a scholarship, if you will, for pre-med and medical students. Um, Really, you just have to listen to an episode, leave a comment on iTunes, and I'll have a tab for you to click on the website so we can figure out who you are and we'll select 10 people and have $100 scholarships to go towards uh, MCAT or AMCAS or step one study materials or whatever the case may be. So we're looking forward to giving back to our listeners to help celebrate our first year as a podcast. Thanks for listening to me this far. Hope you go forth and practice ethically.